God is good to us and you can't measure his goodness. Immeasurable blessings. I felt the presence of God here. And while we may be used to this, in the world that we live in, this is almost unknown to come in and to feel the peace and the power of God. You have to separate yourself from what's going on in the world around you to get, you kind of steal away to a secret place is where you find the presence of God. And I thank God for the sounds of the music, the sounds of the singing. You can have the best singing on earth and if you don't have the presence of God, it's different. But when you feel the anointed singing and the anointed playing that we hear this morning comes from hearts of thankfulness. People who have been changed, it makes a difference. And so the difference that God makes is just incredible. And I talked this morning to the class about just the difference about telling your story, your, your narrative is so important. That is, what God has done for you, only you can tell. Your journey is unique to you. There's nobody else that can walk it. There's nobody else that can talk it. You may say, why am I going through this? Because it's a journey unique to you. And God wants to take a test and make it a testimony and he does it through our unique experiences. We don't try to match one another. We don't try to say, well, my story is, we're living in a world where everybody wants to be the most significant person, the one that's heard the most. And as it was said this morning, people who feel like they're not heard, get on social media so everyone hears their point of view. But you know what? I'd rather steal away in a, in a closet of prayer, feel the presence of God. If you want to be affirmed, meaning you want some kind of affirmation that it's going to be okay, if you'll get alone with the Lord, you'll know it's going to be okay. And God bless all the attorneys. We have attorneys in our family. I've spent hours with attorneys in my job. And of course, tried to get them to tell you what to do and they never will. They'll just say, well, if you do this, this happens. If you do this, this could happen. Okay, well, what, do, what should I do? Well, if you do this, man, just tell me something. You gotta get that from God. If you want direction in your life or you want to know the will of God, you get there on your knees in prayer. You don't get there by asking someone's advice. you gotta, you got to feel it on the inside and know it yourself and live it yourself. And God will affirm everything that you need. He gives us a holistic experience in Him. God doesn't piecemeal things. In the beginning, He didn't. He took time with every single day and he saw that it was good. 
And when he was done, he said, I've done good work and I'm going to rest. God will finish the work in your life. You won't have to worry about unfinished business. God takes care of all of that. There is no unfinished business with God. I want to read to you from the book of James, the first chapter, verses 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. And I want you to highlight this in your mind, that ye may be perfect. Remember, when God does something, it's not a piecemeal thing. The end result is that you may be perfect. And entire, that's complete. Wanting or lacking nothing. What this world needs is a fulfillment that they cannot find. And when God touches your life, he will give you a completion. Where does it come? It comes in your spirit. In our world, there are restless spirits and restless minds. And God can give you entirety in your spirit. Completion. And so I want to talk to you a few minutes this morning on this topic, the whole you. The whole you. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this morning. God, we're so grateful. What an honor it is to come into the presence of God from all of the noise on the outside. God, from all of the strife and the anxiety just to steal away in a place and to feel your presence to feel truth, to feel peace and joy, not that's manufactured or man-made, but to feel the touch of the Almighty God, how special that is, Lord, how wonderful that is. God, touch the complete us. Give us the entirety of what you have for us so that we will be wanting nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you just about the concept of wholeness, completeness in the Bible and what it means. There are some things that define that. And so I want to, I want to give you some of those things. Wholeness or completeness in the Bible means the following. It means all, total, containing the total amount or number or the entire thing as the whole earth the whole world, the whole solar system, the whole army, the whole nation, complete. Complete entire, not defective or imperfect. Like a whole orange, the egg, whole, a vessel, a complete entire whole vessel. It also means unimpaired, unbroken, uninjured. If you're here this morning and you're broken, that does not disqualify you for the entirety and completion that God wants to give you. My life is yet whole in me, 2 Samuel, the first chapter. 
It means sound. It means not hurt or sick. They that are whole need not a physician. That comes from Matthew, the ninth chapter, what Jesus said. It means restored to health and soundness. Sound well. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Mark 5. His hand was restored whole. Mark, the third chapter. In other words, it means the entire thing, the entire total assemblage of all of the component parts. The whole of religion is contained in the short precept, love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes 12. Whole in God's word means a complete system It's a combining of individual parts. In other words, when God does something, he does it completely and never leaves it unfinished. The only reason that we are still here is because God is still working on all of our component parts so that when he's finished, he has a perfect vessel that is entire and wanting nothing. There was only one Enoch in the Bible, and he was translated. There was nothing left for him to do, but as long as we are here, the Lord is still working to make something beautiful, something complete, a vessel that's honorable and whole. We are body, we are flesh. We know that. We feel pain, we feel hurt. We have a soul, which is a will. We know about that. In other words, we're not just flesh. When you talk to me or I talk to you, I'm not just talking to a face or talking to ears. I'm talking to something deeper. When you talk to me, you're talking also to my emotion. It's not simply logic or fact. We see that played out in our world today when people try to debate and they become angry. It's because your words can hurt and they can cut like a knife. So when we speak, we're not just speaking to flesh. We're speaking to heart. We're speaking to soul. We're speaking to will and emotion. That's why it's so beautiful to get in the presence of God. Because when God speaks through a song, I feel it in my heart. I hear it with my ears, but I feel it in my soul. We are also spirit. It's what I typed here is the inward locus of control. It is the core of what drives my thoughts, drives my actions, and drives my behavior. We're living in a world where there are a lot of evil spirits that inhabit people, and it controls their mind and their thoughts, and they carry out actions that they may never have thought they ever would have, but it originated in the core where their spirit is. We're also living in a generation of opportunity for apostolics who at their core have been changed by the power of Almighty God. And that impacts your attitude and your actions. And instead of anger in an angry world, you feel love, you feel peace, you feel contentment, you feel power and empowered. We are all three of those things. 
That's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, and the very God of peace. Everybody say peace. What a commodity in the world we live in to be able to have peace and contentment. He said, may that God sanctify you or separate you completely. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We have to be separate in our spirits. We may work together. We may even fellowship together with people who are not people of faith. But the truth of the matter is, we are to be sanctified and separated completely, not just piecemeal. I don't want parts of the world and be separated from parts of it. I don't want any part of the anger. I don't want any part of the ire. I don't want any part of the separation. I don't want any part of the hate or the maliciousness, or the malignance of society. I want the complete, whole, entire presence of God in my locus of control, controlling my attitude, my mind, and my mouth. We are complex creatures. They do all they can to study us and figure us out. The same person trying to study the complexities of their selves through other people. 200 different types of cells in the human body, over 37 trillion cells in total. The human brain is the most complex system in the known universe. It is a highly connected structure. Estimates vary. It's reckoned there are approximately 86 billion neurons in the human brain. God made that. The size compares to the latest estimates for the number of stars in the Milky Way of somewhere between 200 and 400 million. In turn, each neuron in the brain may be connected to up to 10,000 other neurons, passing signals to each other via as many as 100 trillion synaptic connections. Our God made every single cell in our body. How could anyone not believe that there is a God that's bigger than themselves? When you look at all that he has done, when I look at the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the universe, how can I not accept uh, that there is a great creator who made it all. By studying the individual cells in the human body, the neurons and the synaptic connections of the brain, we learn nothing about what's beneath love, emotion, jealousy, anger. Psychologists are still trying to figure out how we process all of the emotions and we can do so in real time, in milliseconds, by what we hear, by what we feel, by what we say and by what is said by us. Don't you know that God knows what you're going through and that God is able to intercept you when you're on your journey and when you're in the valley? The Holy Ghost is able to intercept where you are and to touch every single emotion, touch every single part of what's beyond the flesh. God made the flesh but he also made what goes beyond that. He knows us. The Bible said he knows our frame. 
there are emergent properties of an enormously complex system. We're complex, we're volatile, we're unpredictable, we're emotional, and sometimes completely irrational. And yet the Lord is able to make us perfect and entire and wanting nothing. Isn't God good? He can take a complex, irrational, angry, sin-sick heart and he can touch it and make it complete and whole and entire. No wonder, no wonder a woman whom Jesus delivered would come and bring all that she had and break it open and pour it on his feet because only she knew what it was like to be delivered from every ugly thing that was inside of her and to be in her right mind. Perfect, entire, wanting nothing but to give praise to the one who delivered her. Aren't you thankful for a God that is concerned about the whole you? He knows all of the hurt. He knows all of the sorrow. He knows all of the pain and he knows the sickness. And in the midst of all of that, we gather together and we feel a healing balm settle over this place. What a God we serve. Would you join me in just giving thanks just for a moment? He cares about the whole you, not just parts of you. Thank you, Jesus, that you care. God, you see every component part, all the workings from the inside out, from the outside in. Lord, there's not a part of us that you don't know. There's not a problem that you're not mitigating right now, that you're not working. God, you're constantly working. You never sleep nor slumber. You're always there working on the whole us. It takes a creator's touch to do this. No man can do it. No woman can do it. No organization can do it. And all the wisdom that we have in this world, it takes a creator's touch to go beyond the flesh, down into the spirit, and navigate around all of the irrationalities of our minds and our spirits, and land in the deepest part of us, and begin to work from the inside out. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Just the touch of the Creator. You have problems to navigate, but I want to tell you about a God who cares about the whole you. He understands the problem, and he knows the solution. And if you'll just pause and wait on the Lord, The prophet said, wait on the Lord and he shall renew your strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Don't draw conclusions or jump to decisions if you'll wait on the Creator's touch. He knows who you are. He knows every fiber of us. He knows every button that gets pushed and doesn't get pushed. He understands the toll that the world has taken on us and still he's able to mitigate every valley and heal every wound. Let me put it another way. It doesn't matter how much damage the devil nor the world has done to a soul. Our God is able to heal it and change and transform it. He cares about the whole you. When the anointing falls in your car or in your home or in the house of God, I've heard people say, well, I, I feel a chill in my spine. Let me explain what that is. That's not an outside touch. That's something that is going on a journey from your mind down into your spirit. I've never gotten in the presence of the Lord and felt just physically touched. I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But it says, like as a father pitieth or has compassion on his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. God cares about the whole you. Amen. He saw your whole week, and here we are. Let me admonish you not to worry about Monday through Saturday. Please don't worry about that. God is navigating your journey. The whole you. The decisions you make, that's the part of the whole you. The fear you feel down in your soul, deep down in your spirit, he's got that taken care of too because he cares about the whole you. He fed the hungry, the flesh, but he satisfied their spirit. The Beatitudes, blessed are, happy are ye. I'm going to feed you with food, but then I'm going to go down into your spirit. He healed the sick on the outside, and then he healed those tormented on the inside. He had fellowship with sinners and outcasts. He grieved with those who experienced loss because he cared about the whole person. He's moved to take all of your component parts and put them back together. Honey, it's not just the physical pain that you feel, but it's the wounded feelings that you have. It's the hurt that you carry, that you hide. Your God is concerned about the whole you. He just doesn't want to heal the outside you, but he's navigating uh, through every neuron uh, down to your soul, beyond into your spirit. Because he wants to make you perfect 
an entire needing nothing but wanting him. You don't need anything else but him. We don't need to desire anything else but him. We need to worship nothing else but him. We need to shout for no one else but for him. We need to weep for no situation except tears of joy for him. He cares about the whole you. There are barriers to our wholeness. But God has a solution for the barriers. One barrier is sin. Sin is a transgression against the law. Sin against not just the Ten Commandments, but every moral inference contained in the law. All immorality, sickness on the inside that causes mankind, humankind to do things that are unnatural. That's driven by sin. The ugliness that we see about us in some of the situations in the world are a product of sin. Sin is something that it was a product of our arrogance in the beginning and us feeling like God would not be the provider of the whole. If Adam and Eve would have listened to the Lord, if they would have understood what he did for them when he put them in the garden, I gave you everything. You lack for nothing. I'm gonna walk with you and talk with you in the garden, in the heat of the day, in the cool of the evening. And while there may be temptations around you, you don't need them because I've prepared this for the whole you. I've prepared this for spiritual emptiness, I have an answer. For the hurt you may feel, I can answer that. And then the other barrier, the thing that confounds the whole us and reaching entirety is guilt. Guilt is a product of sin, of our conscience toward actions that further separate us from God. What occurs over time with individuals is they have felt the guilt so long and they've not allowed God to intercept and take the journey in their spirit that their conscience becomes seared. But I have a message for those who even have seared consciences. God cares about the whole you. For those who have turned their back on God and defied him, God still cares about the whole you. For the men and women and juveniles in prison, God still cares about the whole you. He doesn't want to just give you a good verdict or a judgment from prison. He wants to give you a verdict in your soul and in your spirit that'll change your life. 
Isaiah 53 and 5 tells the entire story in one verse. It addresses the transgression. It addresses the guilt and the shame. And then it tells us what God does to make the work on the vessel complete. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace or the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. In that one verse, God cleared the barriers and made a pathway for him to make the entire whole you to where you are perfect and wanting nothing. He was wounded. A lot of times I've taken that passage and put it all together and said, well, that's the cross. But you have to look at every event that took place because every event that took place up to the cross had a specific design to address the whole person of the whole humanity. He was wounded specifically for our sin. His body incurred wounds. His spirit incurred derision. His heart incurred being forsaken. He wasn't just wounded on his body, but he was wounded in his spirit. His wounds went beyond physical punishment so he could make the journey beyond your physical pain. He was bruised for our iniquities. Both of these words I put here, the transliteration from the Hebrew. Wounds are sin. Bruising is guilt. He was bruised in his body so that we wouldn't live lives full of guilt and shame. You can get in the presence of the Almighty God and the things that go beyond your flesh that make you blush, that make you hate yourself, that make you just want to end it all. He took all of that so you could have wholeness because he cares about the whole you. He took our wounds. He took the wounds for sin. He was bruised in his body and his spirit. He even asked his disciples, please pray with me. They fell asleep. The one that he even forecasted that would deny him he knew would deny him. He knew in the garden he was alone. He knew in that holding cell way down in the ground and I've seen where they put him. It's a complete passage through darkness 
and they say Jesus spent the night down there. They had to literally drop him with ropes to get him down there. Complete darkness. And he did that because he cares about the whole you. The only thing that could have motivated God in flesh to suffer such pain was his love for you. I can't imagine the thoughts because he was the perfect human, but he was still God in flesh. I can't imagine the painful thoughts that night in the darkness. But surely he saw through the future and he saw you. saw you. He saw you. He's God. He could see every generation. He saw every name. He saw all the pain. And he saw all the hurt. And he said, I'm doing this for the whole you. You don't have to suffer because I have suffered. You don't have to fear because I was in darkness by myself, and I've taken care of the fear. That's why it's so poignant when the scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, because he took that spirit and he locked it up. When you fear, remember, the bruising was for the whole you. When you feel guilt and shame, He opened up a pathway to repentance to where you could feel clean, free, set loose, without shame. You don't have to lay your head on a pillow anymore and stay up all night because he suffered for the whole you. You can feel clean when you lay down at night. That only matters for those who can't sleep. They hear nothing but the voices of the past and of their errors and of the pain they've suffered and caused. But I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a God who died, who was bruised, and who was wounded for the whole you. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. For what? Because he took on him the punishment that was required to bring us peace. Oh, I don't know if you understand peace. I don't know if you understand the difference between peace in a storm and peace from shame. But there are people in our world who are living in darkness. Gross darkness. And he died for every single one of them. There is nobody in this audience this morning whom he did not see, for whom he was not bruised, for whom he did not take guilt. There is no one here 
that can say that he didn't do it for me. He did not do it to solve your problem today. He did not do it just to give you temporary happiness. But he did it to go down into the whole you. The spirit that produces what you feel can be activated by the power of a God who died for the whole complete you. You cannot be entire with moments of happiness. You cannot be complete when you get your check. You cannot be a whole just by getting a gift or getting something that makes you happy. The wholeness only comes from the touch of the God who suffered on your behalf. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's why Paul said, God, sanctify you holy. What a prayer that this apostle prayed. May God sanctify you completely. Give you entirety. We don't need to live our lives unbalanced with the flesh dragging along the remnants of the spirit. I said we don't need to let the flesh have predominance when there is a spirit that can produce a whole effect on you from the inside out. Our attitude should not reflect our flesh, but they should reflect a God who is touching the whole me. I understand the reality of my trial, but I feel peace. I understand the significance of my loss, but I feel contentment. I understand that I'm in flesh and the trump hasn't sounded, but somehow I feel anchored in my soul. I feel the presence of a whole complete God moving through parts component parts of an audience here. We all come bringing pieces of ourself. And the master builder is here to put them all together. Won't you close your eyes just for a moment? God, we come to you in pieces. We have been rightly taught that we are to bring what we have before you. But God, we come in pieces. Parts of us from the past. Parts of us grappling with the present. And our spirits at times troubled by what we see around us. And yet, in the midst of that, your word tells us that you did what you did on Calvary to put us back together. You were wounded to cleanse us from sin. You were bruised to take away the shame and the pain and the guilt in our spirit. 
And then, God, the result of those things is that you gave us peace that passes all understanding. We can't be whole if we don't have peace. We can't be entire if we don't have peace. If we grapple with the problems of our day and the problems in our homes and our families, God, we can't live without your peace. But you saw somehow. You saw us, Lord, from the majesty. And you said, I'm going to come down there. I got to put them back together. I'm going to walk with them and talk with them and heal their sick. I'm going to weep with them. I'm going to cry with them. And then I'm going to take upon myself all of their hurt and their pain and their sin and their agony so that I can put them back together. God, we come to you with things in our past, things we may not be proud of. Perhaps we've hurt others while hurting ourselves. But you did what you did to put us back together. To take all the guilt and the shame of the past and to give us hope for entirety, completion. To make us a vessel that perhaps no one would ever recognize, but you came here to do that. God, you saw me. You saw me, Lord, in your likeness. You saw us just like you, pure and clean and holy, washed, washed clean within. That's how you saw us. So God, while we bow before you in our spirits, not just fleshly, but as we bow before you while we are here in this place, in our spirit, we prostrate ourselves before you, the King. You were resurrected and you left us a comforter. While we prostrate our spirits before you, we ask you to talk to us. Pray. You prayed for Simon. God, every prayer prayed, you, you have heard. You've heard every one of them. I'm asking you now to breathe into every spirit here this morning the breath of life, wholeness. Breathe. As you breathed in the beginning to make a body, but the breath wasn't just for the flesh, it was for the soul. The spirit. I want you where you are to let the presence of God wash over you. Perhaps in silence. But God has seen you. I've come here to tell you
that he wanted you to know. I said he wanted you to know that he sees you and that he's looking at the whole you and that he has come to heal every component part and to put the vessel back together. He saw me in his likeness. He saw me just like him. holy washed white within and he saw me bound with heavy chains and longed to set us free If I became like him, he must become like me. Every wound and every bruise, God, you took on you for this moment, for this day and this time. While eyes are closed, I'm going to ask you if, if you have a wounded heart, perhaps a broken spirit, would you be willing to surrender to what you feel right now and let the holy presence of God heal you on the inside? Perhaps unforgiveness, sins past, guilt present. If you would raise your hands right now to the God of heaven, I believe you will feel a healing touch wash over your spirit. And I believe you will feel the God of heaven hold you and transform the pieces into a whole vessel. don't be impatient. This is the work of the Spirit of God. Just take a minute. Focus on Him and Him only. He longs to set you free and make you whole.
Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. take a moment now and if you would keep your eyes just just focus on the Lord just for a minute if you need the Lord to cleanse you from hurt I'm going to ask you to come up here and let me anoint you with oil this is not about pointing anyone out This is about a God who sent a message today to someone who's hurting on the inside. It could be you tomorrow. It may be you today. And you don't even know it. Because you don't know what's going in in the whole you, but God does. And so while your eyes are closed, the Lord wants to minister to you. I want you to stand to your feet if you if you're this person I want you to come up here you say I need to be healed from hurt the Lord sent this message for you come up here and just stretch out here I'm just going to touch you with a little anointing oil but it's not it's the oil but it's the faith that you have that once you feel the touch of the physical oil, the anointing oil is going to fall on you and heal you of hurt and pain. Everybody who's not up here, if you're still in your seat, would you pray with us?